0: Hello, and welcome to Firmly Grasp It, a podcast about sports and all its being. I'm your host, Evan Greenberg. For today's episode, it's going to be just me. I would love to have done this with our co-host, friend of the show, King of Jordan, Sammy Ashwaubkut. But in speaking of his name, King of Jordan, he is actually, as we are speaking, probably landing in the land of Jordan as we speak, going to see his fiance for the first time since... I mean, since he's been engaged and the whole pandemic happened, the first time he's been there in a long time. So I'm super excited for him. Hope he has a great time. Sammy, if you're listening to this, I miss you. Wish we were doing this together. I could have asked someone else, I guess, but we're doing this on a Saturday morning and figured I would just get this done on my own. And so it wouldn't be too long for the listeners because I know last episode we did together was a doozy. So on this one, I'll get straight to the point on what this episode is. We are down to the final... 16 teams, NBA playoffs, the playing games have been completed as of last night. So in our Eastern Conference, the teams in order from one to eight are the 76ers, the Nets, the Bucks, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Heat, the Celtics, and the Wizards. So we have Sixers Wizards, Nets Celtics, Bucks Heat, and Knicks Hawks. And in the West, we have Jazz, Suns, Nuggets, Clippers, Mavericks, Blazers, Lakers, and Grizzlies upsetting the Warriors last night. So we have Jazz versus Grizzlies, Suns versus Lakers, Nuggets versus Blazers, and Clippers versus Mavericks. A boring uh, content for this episode would have been just giving you my predictions for each series. We did something a little bit similar last year. We did a little bit. We broke it down the rankings. We thought who was a title contender, who wasn't. This year, I want to do something a little bit more interesting and probably a little more different than what you hear anywhere else. And as we get into the first round today, so I'm going to try to get this out as soon as I can so you can listen to this before the first round, even though it doesn't really make a difference. I want to figure out which teams, if they lose in round one, are in the worst position going forward. And what do I mean by that? So this is kind of the disaster rankings, I guess you can put it. So there are a few ways you can think about this, and there, these are all kind of went into how I'm ranking them. First thing, you're seeding. If you're a low seed, you're not expected to win the first round. I think that one makes sense, right? So at that point, if you're the in the eight seed, you're probably not expected to beat the one seed. We'll kind of get into that a little more, but you're not. if you're a one seed, on the other hand... There's a little more pressure to win in the first round, and it's going to look a little worse if you don't. Second, preseason expectations, or expectations going into the season. Was your team expected to make the playoffs? Were they expected to be a high seed? Where are they ranked comparatively? And that'll kind of... It kind of goes into the seeding a little bit, but not so much, because, you'll as you'll see, some of the teams who... If you exceeded expectations, and the playoffs are just kind of... are final run and whatever happens happens as a fan base they might not tear as a team they're just happy to be there in the first place you're going to be better off than if you're a team that was expected to compete for a championship this year and hoping if you're still competing for a championship that's going to be high so that's the next one are you expected to win this year if you are expected to win this year you're going to probably be higher up on the rankings if you're not expected to win this year you're going to be lower down does that do with the rankings and the preseason expectations? Somewhat, somewhat not, because some of that has changed throughout the year. Another one how healthy are you? Obviously, health is an important factor with your ability to win. But for some of the teams who had some injuries coming into the playoffs, they're going to be low. They're going to just be more content with whatever happens because they know next year they're probably going to be in a better situation. Another factor, a big, pretty big one for me, is how flexible is your roster going forward and how talented really are you? So if you're a team that's already kind of made your win-now moves and you're still not producing success and you're going to lose in the first round, that's not going to be good for your team. If you really have no more moves to make, where if you have a team that's just kind of on the build, you have plenty of other moves, ways you can change it around, improve the roster for, for the next year. You're going to be in a better position. And that's pretty much all I did on determining how I made my ranking. So present expectations, ability to reshape the roster to improve the roster, potential injuries, preseason expectations, where you are in your seating, and matchups too as well. If you had more favorable matchups and they're expected to go further, getting upset in the first round hurts even more. So without further ado, we're going to do this in reverse order. So I'm going to give you the team who they're, they're the most happy to be here. They're just ready to make some play some playoff games, get some experience under their belt. And like I said, a team that kind of pulled off the upset, I'm going with the most recent playoff team, the 16th playoff team in a sense, which is the Memphis Grizzlies. Like I said, they're the eight in the West. And in terms of, why they are the lowest compared to some of these other teams it's more that last they're still a super young roster they still can grow a lot some of their best players john Morant, jaron jackson jr are really the key guys also brendan clark hasn't really been as much this year but they still have a lot of young guys they're gonna have a lot of cap space moving forward so there's plenty of growth on this team last year they were going to be the eighth seed until the bubble blazers got hot memphis had some issues there and then Portland beat Memphis to enter the playoffs. So Memphis was in the bubble this year, losing the Warriors on the last game of the year. Got stuck with the nine seed. Handled the Spurs, handled the Warriors. Both of them pretty tough games. I mean, that game last night was a nice back and forth between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. So the Grizzlies got into that eight seed. And this will be the first real playoff experience for Ja, for Jaron, and most of this team. And... Do I expect them to beat the Jazz? No. I mean, I don't think many people would expect them to. Can they give them a a series? Absolutely. And we'll get to the Jazz later, obviously, as the Grizzlies are the first team we're talking about. And the Grizzlies, they're happy to be here. They're happy to get this playoff experience. If they win, that'd be incredible. They'd be only, I believe, the second eight seed to upset the one seed behind the We Believe Warriors in 2007. So that would be just... Great for, at least since they've moved to best of seven. So that would be great for them. If they lose, nobody expects them to win, really, as the eighth seed. So that's why I have them down here. They're plenty of chance to grow. Next year, they're expected to be a higher seed, but this is really year two of the rebuild, and they're in the playoffs, ahead of teams like the Warriors, the Spurs, the Pelicans, who are in some more kind of... At least, I mean, the Warriors and Spurs are on a different trajectory. The Pelicans would probably be their equivalent with their year two stars, Zion Williamson and a few other guys. But the Grizzlies are ahead of them, so good on the Grizzlies. Number 15, this one's probably going to be a little bit surprising. I have the four-seeded Eastern Conference, sort of my team, the New York Knicks. And the reason for that goes back to one of my criteria, which was those preseason expectations. And the Knicks were not expected to be good this year. I, I'm, I mean, I'm the first to admit that. I believe when Sammy and I did our, I can look at our, uh, when we were talking about our NBA offseason, when we talked about the Knicks, we had them. Where do we even have them in terms of bottom tier? Uh. Yeah, I mean, my comment with them was after the off season. I wrote, they did a lot, but st- also nothing. I said, still was. Is that good? I expected the Knicks to be in a tanking situation this year. And I don't think I was the only one. They were expected to hang with Cleveland t- and maybe Charlotte towards the bottom of that Eastern Conference. And with Thibodeau, the new management led by just researching Julius Randle and a cast of other guys. They just exceeded everybody's expectations throughout the entire year, even all the way to the end with Miami losing to Milwaukee that last Saturday, moved them up into the four seed, which they get to host a playoff series, their their first playoff series in general since 2015. Knicks fans, Knicks team are elated to be here. They had no expectations of being here in the first place. So whether they win or lose, you could say, hey, they're the four seed. They're going to be home in a series. They should probably win the Knicks don't really care. I'm sure the players want to win. I'm sure the co- Thibodeau wants to win. I'm sure Leon Rose, James Dolan, they all want to win a series and bring some more hype into Madison Square Garden, but this is all just winning for the Knicks. They've they've already won, they making it to the four seed. Julius Randle will be on the team again next year. He's It's the last year of his contract. They have a bunch of moves. They still, they'll still they have plenty of cap flexibility to try to get a really good player. R.J. Barrett, who's had a great year, too, will ideally only get better in year three. The sky the ceiling is looking good for the Knicks right now. Their floor everyone expects to be much lower than it was. And it's just kinda of been a perfect crazy year for the underdog scrappy Knicks. And that's why I have them all the way at fifteen. Number fourteen actually and speaking of the Knicks matchup in the first round, number fourteen is the five seed Atlanta Hawks. And their situation's a little bit different. It's a kind of a mix of the Knicks and Grizzlies, where they've been pretty bad the last couple of years. They're with year three of their star player, which is Trey Young. But the Hawks have been bad for the last two-ish years, or, or the last two years or so, with Trey Young leading at the helm. This year, they started off weak. Nick, um, Nick McMillan came in, they fired Lloyd Pierce, and after that, they got a little healthy. Bogdan Bogdanovich started playing really well. Clint Capella became one of the better centers in the league. And they really had a nice resurgence and slammed all the way up to that middle pack of the Eastern Conference. Get to face the Knicks in the first round. The reason why I have them at 14 on the rankings is similar in that they have a lot of young guys. They have plenty of room to grow. Most of the guys on the team will still be there next year. The only guy that will be a free agent is John Collins, who they can probably get rid of, honestly. And they'd still be fine. So that's kind of where they're at. And getting rid of Collins will just give them more cap space to kind of do what they want. I mentioned in my offseason, I said that I loved their offseason. I thought they had one of the more, I'd arguably the deepest roster. And I think that has really paid dividends and shown itself when guys have missed games. Like DeAndre Hunter was a big one. They lost Cam Reddish for a while. They Rondo. They ended up trading. They got Lou Williams. Chris don hasn't played at all, and it really hasn't matter They're still a solid five seed, like the Knicks. They probably would love to win this round one series and make it to round two, but I don't think they really care. I think they've seen the growth. I think they're happy, and no matter what happens, they'll be running it back next year with higher expectations. But this year was the leap that Hawks fans were hoping for with Trey Young, and kind of honestly, what I expected from them going into the year. But I know I think I was more in the minority there. Moving on, we're sticking with the Eastern Conference. Number 13, I have the Washington Wizards, the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. The reason I have them lower, or I guess higher, than the teams like the Knicks and the Hawks is that you just don't know what's going to go on with their two stars, which are Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Westbrook, older, he had a great second half of the year, but he definitely was dealing with injuries. He I wouldn't be shocked if we heard he had some sort of surgery right after the season ends, just because of the way he's been banged up and has had some... I mean, he's was great the second half of the year, but he's definitely had his inconsistency throughout the year. Obviously, it's an eight seed, not expected to beat the 1st seed Sixers, probably going to be an ugly series. So it really just depends if the team, especially Bradley Beal, feels like there's enough improvement with making this eight seed that this team has a promising future, because that's kind of where I'm worried in that they didn't have Thomas Bryant. He was a promising center, but their roster doesn't look great. Rui Hachimura didn't take a step up in the way that they probably would have liked. Davis Bertans, his contract that they signed, I believe, two off-seasons ago, is just not looking good right now. Denny Advia, their first-round pick this past year, wasn't great and then got hurt. So they don't really have much besides Beal and Westbrook. So if Beal decides he wants out, whether it's now like during the offseason or they just don't he he just looks around and says, "Hey, either make improvements or I'm out." They don't really aren't in a great situation, but you can't be upset if they lose in the first round just because there's no expectation of them winning in the series. Unlike I would say less uh, they're expected to win against the Sixers less so than the Grizzlies would be against the Jazz. Because I would just say the Grizzlies are a better team than the Wizards are. So that's why I have Washington at 13. They don't really have that great flexibility and has the potential to get ugly next year. But I don't know if this series will make too much of a difference for that. But their expectations are low regardless. So Wizards at 13. We have Grizzlies at thir- 16 so far. Knicks at 15. Hawks at thir- 14. Wizards at 13. Sticking with Eastern Conference, they have a lot of teams that are just kind of where they are. Number 12, the Boston Celtics, the seven seed. And this one, maybe you may be scratching your head, but when I talked about earlier potential injuries, this is one where Jalen Brown being at really just lowers all expectations for them. They had just, I mean, I listened to Bill Simmons a lot, so I just hear him talking about the year from hell, the year from hell, the year from hell. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily that. They just had a lot of issues with their roster. Once they got rid of Gordon Hayward, you can't trust Kemba Walker. None of their other young guys besides Brandon Tatum really stepped up and developed that made them worthy contributors. So most of the time when Brandon Tatum were on the team, it was just the two of them leading the entire roster. When Kemba was healthy, you had two and a half, three guys. But they just weren't a great team this year. And then losing Jalen Brown at the end of the year just kind of put the nail in the coffin. They did get the seven seed. They're probably going to get walloped by the Nets. There's expectations of them winning are probably lower than maybe them and the Wizards are pretty similar in the expectations of them maybe pulling out a game at best, but they're probably their best case scenario is losing five, which is why I have them towards the bottom of the rankings. The reason I have them above all the teams so far is just that they've have a better team. They've made the Eastern Conference finals a couple years ago. They made the Eastern Con- the second round last year. So they have the ta- or last year they made the Eastern Conference finals. So only literally 1 year ago they were in the Eastern Conference finals and this team, the main core of Tatum and Brown and Smart have that playoff experience. So just gonna be a weird year being just a true underdog with no expectation really of winning. And if they get swept That's where the concerns might be with with upheaval of how much they're going to change. If they win a game, they might just stick with the status quo for next year. If they get swept, might it be Danny Ainge? Might it be Brad Stevens? Might it be one of their stars of Brown or Tatum that kind of gets shown the door? Or will they just try to reshuffle the surrounding cast as much as they can? But it's hard when you have Brown on his extension. Kemba's making a lot of money. Tatum, I don't know if his extension kicks in. This upcoming season, I believe it does though, either this year or next year. So they don't really have that flexibility as well. It's just they're in a bad situation and they're not expected to win. That's why I have them at 12. 11, sticking with teams who lost one of their star players or their key contributors before the playoffs, I have the Denver Nuggets, who are the three seed in the Western Conference. Like I said, I'm just kind of, I've been pretty much mixing these up. I'm not just sticking with the bottom dwellers. And here we have a three-seed in the West. And you're saying, they had the MVP. heaven they had the MVP. You love Nikola Jokic. On your last podcast, you talked about how he's by far the best player in the league. Wouldn't it be rough if they lost in the first round? I don't think they'd be happy if they lost in the first round. They're playing the Blazers, who beat them two years ago, I believe, in the playoffs. And and without Jamal Murray, especially have that matchup advantage at the guard position with Damian Lowe and C.J. McCollum, where especially if I, Monte Morris was out for a while towards the end of the season, I believe he'll be playing in the playoffs, but who knows how healthy he'll be. That guard disadvantage for the Nuggets will be massive. And that's part of it. And part of it's just when you lose one of your star players, your expectations are down. I'm sure, like I said, they'd probably like to win a first round series, but so would all the teams pretty much from here on out have expectations of winning their first round matchup. And, but their ceiling of what they expect from themselves and knowing that last year with Jamal Murray, they made the conference finals. If they had Jamal Murray this year, they would probably expect to be in the conference finals or the NBA finals. Without him, though, you just it doesn't really matter. And their guard depth, as I mentioned, is just so poor, where they're going to have a lot of P.J. Dozier, a lot of Facundo Compazzo. They just can't internally expect... Greatness this year. They would love to see Jokic continue to play MVP level. I'm sure he will. They'd love to see Michael Carter Jr. continue to develop. I expect him to kind of look as he did at the end of the year without Murray. And the Nuggets were great without Murray, which is kind of why you would almost think, hey, why shouldn't they be higher on this ranking and more upset? But they know if they run it back next year with what they've seen this year, they're going to be pretty good position. Also, they got Aaron Gordon. He's on a pretty team-friendly deal. I believe the value, the cap hit decreases, so they'll have him again next year, and they're in a good position. Once Murray's back, get the whole four of them together, develop some more chemistry. They're going to be a team to reckon with next year, but this year they're okay with that maybe not being the case. Moving on to number 10, staying in the Western Conference, we're going to go up to the number two seed in the West, which is the Phoenix Suns. They were a team that people probably had as a fringe playoff contender, playoff team going into the year. They went. They, if you remember, they were the bubble, the bubble darling, going eight and zero with Devin Booker leading the way. You figure another year of him getting better. They got DeAndre Aiden, Chris Paul coming in, who had just led Oklahoma City to really exceeding expectations the year before, and you figured they'd probably be a better team and be fighting with that. Six, seven, eight area for a playoff berth. Maybe at worst get into that playing game and then maybe get out of it. Maybe get through it. But they exceeded all expectations, running all the way up to the two seed and having a chance pretty much until the end of the year to fight for that one seed in the West. I believe they had it with a few weeks left in the season. So they totally could have been the one seed in the West, the Phoenix Suns. So I think the fact that their preseason expectations weren't super high, the Suns team, they're pretty happy to be here. And the fact that, honestly, as I'm talking at this now, I probably should have had them maybe swap with the Celtics or with the Nuggets. But their first round matchup, unfortunately for them, is the Los Angeles Lakers, who are the defending champions, who still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And that's those two things are the biggest reasons why I have them in the bottom half of these rankings. You figure as a two seed, you're just you're expected to win. If you lose, it's a pretty big upset. But when you're playing LeBron James, who has made it to ten NBA Finals, you can't really be. You're almost. I don't even know if they're favorite in the series. I if Davis and LeBron are healthy, they probably aren't, which is insane to say for a two seed who's healthy, mind you. We're not talking about a two seed who has some rough injury at the end of the season. They're a healthy team. They're a great team. But I also think they have room for improvement. So I'm going to keep them at 10 for now. But if you wanted to flip them with the Nuggets at 11, fine by me. Because their team that's, I guess, if they lose Chris Paul and they get beat by the Lakers badly. I heard somebody talking about that recently on a podcast. That would be the one thing that hurts them. Because as we've seen with teams that Chris Paul leaves, they tend to get a little worse without him. And I, the Suns would definitely get worse without Chris Paul just because they wouldn't have that steady point guard, who, the point guard who would be able to lead the way for them. I'm leaving this on to 10 for now. I, this feels like a good spot. Moving on to number nine and finishing up the bottom half, the first half of the disaster first round loss rankings. And I have the Dallas Mavericks, the five seed in the West. Reason I have them here, this is where they probably expected to be, give or take. Luka Doncic leading the way, having another fantastic season in his third season in the league. Kristaps Porzingis' struggle with injuries, as per usual, was inconsistent when he was on the court, as per usual. The surrounding cast, not great, which is probably a big concern going forward. I don't know what, how they get improvement, because it's not like they have a lot of young guys that are kind of ready to roll and take up a step. Their third guy was either Tim Hardaway Jr. or Jalen Brunson this year. Both of them are fine players. Neither one is a star third piece. Which probably that, coupled with the fact that they're playing the Clippers, who they lost to last year, are definitely a better team. Which is why I don't have them too high. They, I, think, I don't think they're going to be happy if they lose in the first round again to the Clippers. But you are the row team in the series overall. You are playing a better team. They need to make moves on their roster, but you obviously can't do that now and that will be an opportunity ideally for them in the offseason whether they try to do something with Porzingis because i don't know if that's going to work long term ideally he stays healthy him and doncic really develop a great chemistry although there were some no some uh, not even rumors because cuban talks about it that doncic and porzingis do not have the greatest relationship on and off the court that's kind of concerning to an extent i just if you're the mavericks you want to win the series you definitely think you can, because they were competitive last year with the Clippers until Porzingis got hurt, and then they fell down. I think it was 2-2, Porzingis got hurt in Game 3 or 4, and then they lost 6. So the Mavericks have a chance to win the series. So the expectations are there, but they're not super high. They're playing a better team. Ideally, next year, you can try to get into that top four and host the playoff series, and then the expectations will be higher, and they would probably move up in a potential disaster rankings. But you also, Luca's 21, 22 years old. Your future's still bright. You're going to have plenty of more opportunities to get here. So our bottom half, just to recap, 16 Memphis Grizzlies, 15 New York Knicks, 14 Atlanta Hawks, 13 Washington Wizards, 12 Boston Celtics, 11 Denver Nuggets, 10 Phoenix Suns, 9 Dallas Mavericks. Those are teams that are, some of them are happy to be here. Some of them had some injuries. And for the Mavericks case, they're just, Ross is probably not great enough and they're just at a matchup disadvantage in the first round. From here on out, all these other teams definitely have strong expectations or be- totally believe they can win a first round matchup. My eight, which my seven and eight kind of go pretty similar because they're both the six seeds in their respective conference. Number eight, I have the Miami Heat. And number seven, I have the Portland Trailblazers. The Miami Heat, I'll go first on. They were a team that made the NBA Finals last year who lost to the Lakers in six. So you would think, why are they all the way down at eight if they were a final team last year? Well, this year, as I mentioned, they're the sixth seed. They've had some injuries. Goran Dragic has been hurt. Tyler Hero has been hurt. Jimmy Butler has been great defensively and been a key cog offensively. Still can't shoot. Bam out of bio. He's been I don't know if he's been better. He's been as good as he was, like, second half of the year bubble. I mean, I guess he's more consistent this year. Duncan Robinson has been fine. So their team just their just team hasn't been as good as it was last year. And sure, they can catch lightning in a bottle. And sure, they have a favorable matchup. And I think that's where it kind of comes in of them having a total expectation to winning. Because this is the Bucks team that they're playing in the first round that they played in the second round last year. And if you remember, if you were listening to the pod back then, I called that series. Miami looked like they were getting better. The Bucks were looking weak at that point. Just didn't look great after a dominant regular season. So we're getting that matchup here. And I'm not doing any predictions, like I said. I, I'm I'm still just not sure who I think is going to win this series. I'm sure the Heat would just love to win it. But as the underdog in Milwaukee, their teams just kind of had like a iffy year where the bucks have been pretty healthy and ready to rumble and just working on some things if they lose i don't think the heat can be upset sure there might have some questions going forward of what they want to do i believe duncan robinson will be a free agent so he resigning him will likely be a priority they got to figure out a potential title or title hero as another year before his potential extension but trying to figure out what you want to do with him Jimmy and Bam are both pretty high cost, so their flexibility around the edges is not great for improvement. But I guess you could make a trade here or there. We know Pat Riley almost always has something up his sleeve to get improve this roster. And yeah, that's why I have them as the eight. The Blazers I have at seven, the difference between them is that, like I said, Jamal Murray's hurt for the Nuggets which I think gives the Blazers more of a belief that they can win this series, and they would be disappointed if they didn't. And like the Nuggets last year kind of being a surprise conference final team, that was the Blazers two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, two years ago in 2018. Ended up being, yeah, the 2018-19 season when they got handled by the Warriors in the last year of their run. But at that time, it, it did kind of feel like a fluke with the Blazers. Last year, they had a nice run in the bubble. They lost to the Lakers in the first round when they snuck into the eight seed. This year, they kind of struggled. They still have a lot of issues around Dame and CJ. CJ was hurt for a little bit. Dame had some was hurt for a little bit, too. They weren't really able to get it together. And they were a team, as Sammy and I talked about it last on our last podcast, and just how they were kind of the team that bothered me, and I wanted them to lose a lot. I'm okay with it being here. I'm not, I don't hate the Blazers. They're just a team that I feel like needs to blow it up. And if they lose in the first round to the Nuggets without Jamal Murray, the reason I have them at seven ahead of some of these other teams is there might be some heavier discussions about whether they should fire Terry Stotts, get rid of probably CJ. I think Dane's there for life. And really they don't know what to do with this roster. And it's been the issue for the last probably four or five years or so where they just, Mix and match a bunch of other stuff, but it hasn't really worked. You have Nurkic, who's also been dealing with some injuries. Zach Collins just can't stay healthy. Carmelo Anthony's been like their third best player this year. Maybe now with uh, Norm Powell. I don't know. They got rid of Gary Trent for Norm Powell. Yeah, their team just doesn't have a lot behind Damon CJ, and it kind of worries me. It doesn't really worry me. I'm sure it worries Blazers fans for their future, if this just another disappointing first round exit after... Making the conference finals two years ago, so they were just—it's more of a long-term and a past expectation than this year. Them being the six seed, it makes sense. Like based on the roster, they could have been the seventh seed, and that probably would probably made sense given where the Lakers fell behind them in that seven spot. Let's move on to number six, which is the LA Lakers, and. This one's probably, as of at all the teams at this point, is going to raise the biggest question mark. And if you have any issues with any of these, feel free to at me on Twitter, at Graft 2020. I'm down for any sort of Twitter discussion, argument, whatever you want to call it. The reason I have the Lakers at six and not cracking the top five, partly because of that seventh seed, partly because... Davis and LeBron aren't totally healthy, and we just don't know how they're going to look in a full series. If one of them gets hurt or both of them are injured, they could totally lose to the Suns. The Suns have been better all year. So if they lost, it wouldn't be like the biggest shock if it was just because because we would expect it's because one of them or both of them are hurt. That's the most realistic way to see them losing. As I mentioned, they're on the road in the series, being the seventh seed. And the biggest one for me is, obviously the expectations were super high at championship or bust but they won last year. They they were a champion. They made some moves that most of them haven't really worked, but most of them are also, they have the ability to kind of reshape the roster again, to maybe try to make it something that looked more like last season's roster for LeBron and AD to work around. I'm not totally worried about this team. I'm sure LeBron would be disappointed in a first round loss. And I'm sure Lakers fans would be upset with a first round loss, but you can't take for granted what you had last year which was winning the championship on a team that I don't know I mean I guess they were the favorite throughout but they certainly had their issues as well and yeah if they lose it's probably because they're hurt and you just have to take it for that's what happens sometimes your guys can't stay healthy all the time LeBron's been healthy pretty much all his career except for the Lakers surprise actually He's been had two decent injuries in three years where he had zero decent injuries in his entire career leading up to this point. That's why I have the Lakers mainly at six. Sure, they have title aspirations. It's almost a weird thing where, like I said, they lose in the first round. It's not probably because the Suns were better than them and they got outplayed or because of their supporting cast. It's because LeBron and AD couldn't do LeBron and AD things. If we're talking about later rounds, if they beat the Suns in the first round, there's probably high expectations for them again, unless one of them got hurt at like the end of the series. So it's just it's a weird one, but just in terms of the criteria of losing in the first round, I have them at six. Let's round up to the top five. These are the ones that really have expectations of winning. These are, as you'll notice, most of the top seeds in these two conferences so far. Yeah, these are all teams that are going to be favored in the first round, probably favored in the second round, or they just have some. They just are going to have some roster issues or a lot of pressure if they happen to lose in the first round. At number five, I have the Philadelphia 76ers, the one seed in the Eastern Conference. And you're saying they're the one seed. They're playing the Wizards, who I mentioned aren't a good team. If they lose, that would be catastrophic. All these teams, a first-round loss can be really bad. Like I said, these are the top five. These are the teams who really need to win in their first round unless they want a lot of buzzwords, a lot of meaty people going crazy on them, and a lot of tough decisions that they're going to have to make. The reason I have the Sixers at five is because they probably have the fewest decisions that they need to make. I I would say that their roster is in a pretty good position. If they happen to lose... It, similar to Lakers, I the only way they're losing is if it's due to injury. It's really the only way I can see them losing in the first round, which maybe probably is why I have them at five, even though it would be even, like I said, it'd be crazier if they lost. But I'd also just don't expect, there's almost no chance I have them losing. Joel B the set, Ben Simmons likely set. They have really good players around, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, Matisse Thibel as a defensive stalwart already in the second year in the league. Jake Milton's a nice backup point guard for them and might take some more on-ball duties in the playoffs when they try to do some things with Simmons, just as defenses focus on him more when he has the ball as a ball handler. So I don't expect them to lose. If they did lose, I'm sure there'd be a lot of talk of need to break up the team, need to fire Doc Rivers for another first-round disappointment, blah, blah, blah. But they're such a, they're a good team. They're pretty good. They'll be Back in this area next year and probably the next few years, because as I said, Embiid and Simmons are locked up. Embiid has his best season to date. If he was healthy all year, could have potentially been the MVP. He had got injured for a little bit, which is why he'll be second or third. He was named an MVP finalist. They have their building blocks. Their team's still pretty young. They'll be back for future years, and it's year one of the Daryl Morey Doc Rivers regime, which also just has. A little more, so there's just a little more stability on that front. So I'm pretty comfortable with leaving the Sixers here at five. At number four, another team that almost has zero chance to lose in the first round would be the Brooklyn Nets. The reason I have them at four compared to the Sixers at five, one big reason is that their team is just a little older, with Kyrie, Kate. Mostly KD and Harden being over thirty and having a lot of miles in them. Kyrie also just has had a lot of injuries, so there's their long term view is a little bit lessened than a team like the 76ers. Another reason is that the Celtics are just decimated. Jason Tatum now is the only guy to compete with them. If they lost to that team, it just I don't know. I don't even know what would have to happen. We can say injuries as well. I guess it would just be that the defensive woes, which we saw early in the year, but they kind of figured out towards the second half of the year, those just really open up again. And a bunch of the random guys on the Celtics are able to have good games, and then defensively they're able to do a little bit of something. Only really way I could see it happening. I don't expect it in any way whatsoever. So their team's older. They're obviously a two seed. Very much expected to win. But all these guys in Harden, KD Kyrie will be back next year. This year was a super weird year in that all three of them only played eight games together. Part of that was that Harden got traded to them a little bit into the season. KD missed more than half the games. Harden missed a lot of the season. Kyrie was in and out of the lineup for various reasons, which is why they're probably at four and not in the higher tier. Blake Griffin. If he's going to be an important factor for them, hit them, that's probably only going to be this year. But they do have some nice younger guys. I mean, Joe Harris is young-ish, but then they have guys like Bruce Brown, Elise Johnson, Nick Claxton. So they have young pieces that can kind of develop a little bit more. Timothy Luallo Calero, good TLC. Those guys develop a little more into solid rotation pieces. They also will have some good depth and be prime for a championship run next year. If they don't win it this year, there's going to be talks of, hey, you need defense to win championships. And maybe, maybe it's valid. Maybe it's not. Maybe it was just the fact that they weren't able to totally gel together. If they lost in the first round, who knows what the result would be? They, Brooklyn wouldn't be happy at all because they have, I think they have very much championship aspirations, just like the Sixers do, just like the Lakers did before them. And just as the teams, as we'll talk about, three, two, one have as well. First round, bad. I guess could be worse. Now we're getting to the real sticky ones, the top three. And we'll I'll recap it one more time. Sixteen Memphis Grizzlies, fifteen New York Knicks, fourteen Atlanta Hawks, thirteen Washington Wizards, twelve Boston Celtics, eleven Denver Nuggets, ten Phoenix Suns, nine Dallas Mavericks, eight Miami Heat, seven Portland Trailblazers, six Los Angeles Lakers, five Philadelphia 76ers, four Brooklyn Nets. Coming up at number three, the Los angeles clippers the four seed in the western conference and the reason i i have i mean there's a few reasons why i have them at the three spot the reason i have them so high in the rankings despite being a four seed one they have championship aspirations obviously i don't think with Kawhi leonard and paul george both of them are healthy they're expected they expect to win that's why these two came together that's their main goal last year they had a big disappointment losing to the Denver Nuggets in the second round. They losing, they blew that series. They were up. they blew it in seven. They had a chance to win, I think, game six and seven. They were up double digits and blew both of those games. So they need to win. They would like to win this year, unlike the Lakers, who had already won their title in the Battle of LA. They're playing a tougher team, obviously, than the Mavericks, who can beat them, which is why the reason they're at three, that's one of the main reasons, instead of one or two. Because the reason, another reason they're so high is that Kawhi Leonard can be opt out of his contract after this offseason and become a free agent. And, man, that would be something. Do I expect him to? No. Nah. Kawhi Leonard came to L.A. He wants to be in L.A., close to home, where he wanted to be probably his entire career, if I honestly had to guess. So that's why this kind of can get juicy if they lose in the first round after losing in the second round last year. And they losing in the first round. is probably because the cast around Kawhi Leonard isn't holding up. So he might look at the roster and say, I know you guys tried. I know I came here with PG, but it's just, it's not going to work. Paul Jordan just signed an extension. So he's going to be here in the long term. They can't really get rid of him. They can make some moves around the two, but I don't, they just haven't figured it out totally yet. And if they don't do it this year and they lose in the first round, there's going to be some, uh, Might be some heads that are rolling, and I don't think L.A. Clippers fans, all six of them, would be very thrilled with losing in the first round after losing in the second round last year. But they also do, after this series, they're likely to just play on the road. And another reason that I didn't mention yet is that they likely could have been the three seed and played the Blazers in the first round. But they were expecting to play the Lakers in the second round. Because, as I mentioned, the Lakers are 7. If they beat Phoenix in the first round, you get that Lakers-Clippers 2-3. And the Clippers were avoiding the Lakers. And they'd want to try to avoid them until at least the conference finals, if the Lakers make it that far. So they they tanked their last two games, losing to the Rockets and the Thunder. Two just terrible teams trying to lose anyway. Getting to the 4. So if they lost in the first round after purposely tanking to get to that spot it wouldn't look good that's why i have the clippers at three number two i have the first seed in the western conference utah jazz the reason i have them here and i'm sure people are thing, wait the bucks are number one how does that make any sense we'll get that we will get to why the bucks are number one the reason the jazz are all the way up here you might be arguing, hey, unlike the Clippers, the Nets, the Sixers, and the Lakers, those teams are really more win now than this Jazz team is. Sure, I, I guess they are, but they just re-signed Gobert to a max extension, Donovan Mitchell got a max extension, they're paying decent money to guys like Mike Conley, Bojan Bodanovich, Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, all these guys, Some I think Clarkson might be a free agent after this year, maybe one of them, the other ones will be too. But they don't really have that flexibility going forward. A big reason why they're here as well, they're the one seed. Are the Jazz going to have more opportunities as the one seed to run the entire NBA? They're the number one seed in the entire NBA this year. So the title runs through Utah, essentially, at this point. The Grizzlies, as I said, they're really the only like not super competitive team in the Western Conference. So losing to them, one, would just be bad in terms of being a pretty solid upset, unlike all the other series, which really have the potential to go either way. But just that Gobert, I mean, Gobert-Mitchell, they had their issues last year with the whole COVID thing. They seem to have put together... I guess the reason they could be lower if Donovan Mitchell comes back and just isn't healthy. But even if he isn't healthy, they're still a better team than the Grizzlies are and should probably win a first-round series. It's just, what do you do if... You lose in the first round, like you said. You're probably not going to be a number one seed again, so this is your best opportunity really to make a run. And they they play the Clippers and the Mavericks in the second round. If they play the Clippers. They might not be expected to win that series, so this might be the only one you get. They lost in the first round last year to the Nuggets in a series that the Nuggets had a th- Nuggets almost blew. No, the Jazz blew a three-one lead. Jazz were up three-one on the Nuggets and blew it. So they would love to come back this year with the vengeance. Rudy Gobert, show why he was one of the or will be defensive player of the year again, show why this team was just so dominant for pretty much the entire season. And they were 31-5 at home this year. The best, I believe, of any team. Yeah, they were the best home record of any team in either conference. So if they slip up at home and lose to the Grizzlies in the first round, I don't I know if you know what they do. Just there's no thing to do. Quinn Snyder is a good enough coach. I don't think you can fire him. As I mentioned, you have a lot of money already in Gobert and Mitchell with their contract extensions coming in for this upcoming season. So your flexibility is just kind of moot, and you might be. This might they might become like a next Blazers almost, where you're just in that middle to bottom trying to make it to the conference finals, but your best opportunity already slipped by you if you're the Jazz if you lose in the first round here. That's why I have them at number two. They just they have to win the first round. You lose all credibility as a franchise for this current iteration if you lose in the first round. Which means my number one team of the entire playoff spectrum, so if they lose in the first round, it will be the biggest disaster. And I'm sure people are going to argue this one. The Milwaukee Bucks, the three seed in the Eastern Conference. The only reason why you could say, Hey, Evan, this is stupid. You're stupid. This is all wrong because they play the Miami Heat who beat them in the first round last year. They do. I get that. But on the same hand, you can't lose to them again. You can't lose at when you're the home team to the Miami Heat team who you should be better than. And the biggest reason why they're number one, besides kind of the disappointments, the pressure mounting on Giannis, sure. He signed the five year extension. Sure. They have some good players around him, and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. But both of those guys are getting old. I believe Middleton's over 30. Holiday's definitely in his 30s and probably will start declining in the next year or two. So that's not great. But with that big holiday move, without being able to get Bogdanovich in the offseason with that whole weird thing with the Kings where the NBA intervened and probably forced the Bucs not to sign him, it was a whole weird, weird situation, if you remember that. But without. Bogdanovich with Holiday they they have no other moves this is their roster those are the three guys that are going to carry them as far as they can so if they lost in the first round going from two years ago have being in the conference finals against the Raptors winning the first two games and then losing in six last year being the one seed getting upset in the second round in five to the Miami Heat and then if they lose again in the First round to the Miami Heat, you can't, you're the Bucs. You, you should be going up. Your directory is going up. You can't be going down. Mike Boonholzer, if they lose in the first round, he's almost certainly gone. And next year, you just, you hope your coach is better. Boonholzer has been a great regular season coach for them. And they've tried to be a little more experimental, which is not a Boonholzer specialty during the regular season. He loves to just do his thing, keep his style. Have his team perfect his style, but then once in the playoffs, we've seen time and time again with this Bucs team and then with his previous iteration with the Atlanta Hawks, it doesn't necessarily work. So, Bucks need to win. They have they can't lose. You can say maybe they're not expect they're expected to win. They're the better team, even if they lost the Heat last year. And if they lose in the first round it just continue to show regression in the playoffs, despite all the moves that they tried, the moves that they made this past offseason, like I said, tempering with how the team went. They could have probably, if they had tried, they could have been a one seed if they had really wanted to, but they were okay being the three seed. And the worst part about it, the reason similar kind of the Clippers, except on the other end is that if they had lost the Miami heat, like I mentioned at that last game of the regular season, Miami would have been up in that four or five matchup. I don't remember if they would have been four or five and the bucks would have had the Knicks, which would have been a much more favorable matchup and just, lower expectations of, hey, this is a team we lost to last year, but it's also a team we should much easily beat. Now they get a tougher matchup because they beat Miami and push them down to the six seed. So they're giving themselves... And after the truth of the matter is if they win the fir- win this game, lose to the Brooklyn Nets, at that point you can exhale a little bit and be like, alright, at this point we lost to a team who is probably better than us, and at that point, if they beat the Bucs, they're probably looking like a championship favorite. So if you lose in the next to the second round, you can accept that. You can accept losing in the first round for the Milwaukee Bucks. Whether you're a fan of the team, whether you're the players on the team, whether you're management, ownership. But Boone Holzer's freaking out. I can tell you that he's freaking out right now. He needs to win this series more than anybody from any of these playoff teams. So that's, that's it. Those are the 16 teams. So I will recap them one more time. 16, happy to be here. Memphis Grizzlies. 15, just blowing away all... Expectations. New York Knicks, fourteen. Atlanta Hawks. Future's looking bright. Thirteen. Washington Wizards. Snuck in. They'll. They. don't really care what happens. The Celtics. A season from hell. Just whatever. They. They're injured. They're not expecting a lot. The Nuggets. Jamal Murray's out. They'll be better next year. The Phoenix Suns. We are the bright future Suns ahead of schedule. We'll be here from. Pl- we'll have plenty of time to figure things out. The Mavericks. We probably still need to figure things out around Luca, but Luka's doing what Luka's going to do, and that's it. Number eight, the Miami Heat. We're a six seed. Pat Riley, Eric Spoelstra, everyone. The main guys will be fine. We can try to make some moves to improve next year. Portland Trailblazers. We're not expected to win, really. Yeah, things might get a little icky if we lose in the first round, but we're on the road to the Nuggets, who are better than us. Number six, the Lakers. We won last year. We're the 7th seed. If we lose, it's probably because our star players were injured. Number five, the Philadelphia 76ers. The process has made the full turnaround. MVP, MB is ready to roll for years to come, even if they lose. Number four, the Brooklyn Nets. Their new big three of star offensive players might need more time to gel if they lose. If they, they would love to win, they have title expectations. If you lose, it happens. You'll bring it back next year. The Clippers, they tanked for this spot against the Mavericks in the first round to avoid the Lakers. If they lose in the first round, does Kawhi consider leaving? Does he not? We don't really know yet, so we'll have to see. Number two, the Utah Jazz. You're the one seed. This is probably your best chance to really make a run through the West and try to make it to at least the Western Conference Finals. If not the NBA Finals, you have the best matchup out of all the teams in the West. And last but not least, the Milwaukee Bucks. You can't keep regressing with are one of the best players in the league with Giannis, with the lack of roster flexibility with Boone probably if they lose in the first round, he's going to be out and who knows what happens from there. And that's it. That's all we're going to do today. It's only under an hour. It's great. We did it. I'm proud of me. I'm proud of us. So thank you for listening to another episode of firmly grasp it. Like I said, if you have any arguments, discussions, I'm sure you will. You can, Tweet at me at GraspIt2020. You can also send us an email at GraspIt2020 at gmail.com. Hope you enjoyed this episode and hope you enjoy the playoffs coming up for the next week or so. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.